Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better While balancing running with the rest of their lives I am so excited for today's episode This is a new one This is one that I've never done before First of all there's six people in this episode, which is a, a, a producer's nightmare. So shout out to Dave Margetti uh, from InPost Media for you know, doing all of the production work on every episode of the Rambling Runner podcast, especially this one. I'm sure it was quite the struggle, but it was worth it. I truly believe that because today is a shoe-a-sode extravaganza. That's right. A shoe episode here on the Rambling Runner podcast with five people who know as much about running shoes as anyone you'll ever meet and five people who I just love their opinions on this stuff. And I was pumped to get their opinions about a topic that I haven't seen a lot of information out there for. And that is which running shoes would someone use if they weren't going to use a carbon plated racer for the marathon distance? Because carbon plated shoes aren't for everybody. And they're really interesting. They have a ton of positive benefits, but they aren't for everybody because not only can the carbon plated racer just the plate itself maybe not be a great fit for someone's uh, their gait cycle or things like that. The shoes themselves, um, you know, usually aren't the most comfortable, right? The midsole can be super squishy and that's great, but the uppers can be lacking. The platform can be too thin or like just not wide enough for certain people. And hey, they're just, you know, what are you going to do, right? Because you see all these shoes out there as the marathon plate racers. But if it doesn't fit for you, what shoes out there can be a great fit that can help you get and reach your goals along the way? So that is exactly what we did today. So in no particular order, we have Emily Heller from Run Like Heller. We got Tommy Runs. We have Thomas Newberger from Believe in the Run. We also have Ben Johnson from Instagram fame, who also does um, also does some work with Believe in the Run as well, which is just super, super cool. And Kafuzi, Mike Coe, is on here as well, and he's been on the podcast before. And it was just such an honor to have all of these people here on the episode. So if you want links to all of their channels and social media, go into the show notes and you'll see it all there. So without further ado, let's get into this shoe-a-sode extravaganza. All right, here we go. The Rambling Runner Shoe-a-Sode Extravaganza. I am so excited. We have Ben Johnson, Michael, Emily Heller, Tommy Runs, and Thomas Newberger here. All people who are, I don't know, some of my favorite people in the shoe industry. I'm just I'm just tagging along at this point. I have absolutely, I don't know what I'm doing here, frankly. Just hopefully letting you guys <laughs> do uh, a really fun conversation. And today, the conversation is about non plated marathon shoes. Emily, you came on the show a little while ago and you and I had a conversation about how carbon plated shoes just aren't always a fit for people who are running the marathon. Almost, And this isn't necessarily dependent on speed. It's just, it's not necessarily a great fit for someone to be in for three, four, sometimes even five hours. Can you just, you know, let's talk about that again real quick before we get going, because I think some people just default to, if I'm running a marathon, these are marathon shoes. These are the shoes that I should get, the ones that are plated uh, uh, in that case, but not necessarily for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're definitely an acquired taste. And, you know, there were so many years of running history where 
carbon-plated shoes didn't exist and people somehow got along just fine. <laughs> but now, you know, with all of them out on the market, I think that um, there's a certain pressure people sometimes feel to wear those shoes because that's what the carbon-plated shoes, most of them were essentially like made for. Um, but it might not be a great fit for everybody. It might be a little too jarring, a little too harsh of a ride. And, you know, there are other options out there. Yeah, for sure. I know for me, a plate issue puts a lot of torque on like, especially for my left, my left ankle on the back side of it. Like I feel it there and sometimes in my toes too, in the spring off. Um, Mike, have you had that same experience for you where sometimes the plated shoe or versus the non-plated shoe question is something that might be a little bit more intriguing than uh, some people may give it credit for? Uh, yeah, because I think that we, for a long time, were edging towards like the speed day shoes. And those were like, well, are these just trainers that are built for speed or are they marathon shoes that are built for training? Uh, and you kind of could use them both ways. So it's been interesting. Um, but that being said, I mean, I love carbon plated shoes. They're, I mean, I like to run in them as almost as much as I can, but for easy days, it seems to be like a bit much with a handful of exceptions, but, um, there are certainly, you know, lots of different feet, lots of different gait cycles and foot strikes. So there's something for everyone right now, which I think is great. All right. Thomas, as our resident, most experienced guy on the podcast, He'll give us a little history lesson on marathon shoes and what they were pre-plated shoes, which is, I know, all the rage now. But as as Emily mentioned, for a long time, this this wasn't a big deal. And I think um, even now, like I think back to even four years ago, there were still some elite runners. And I think Emily Sisson right off the top who were still aiming with like still going with like the New Balance 1400, even once carbon plated shoes had been introduced. So going back a little while, what were marathon shoes traditionally before this era? Well, well, two things. First, I think you said most experienced. I think what you meant was oldest. And then, <laughs> <laughs> secondly, uh, Molly Sisson, you know, when she was running in a non-plated shoe, the 1400, is because New Balance didn't have a shoe that was a marathon shoe that could compete with the modern day racer. If you're talking elite level, you just can't compete unless you've got a carbon plated racer. I, 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 it's just not going to happen. For me, my evolution of running, I started off in like a regular daily trainer to run marathons. And then I learned that lighter meant faster. And I started moving to like the Saucony A6, Type A6, and the, um, some of the lighter shoes that, that are out there for marathon. Even like uh, the Adios originally when it came out from Boost was a more cushioned shoe, even though it was very low stack height. But the big difference you're going to notice these days is the way that your legs feel after a workout or even like the amount of training that you can do, you know, you watch Tommy runs the videos on YouTube, the guy's doing speed workouts every other day. You know, he, he couldn't do that in, in the flats and feel and recover as quickly. So, you know, you need, you need that, that cushioning. I think what we're seeing is there's different ways that plates are used. Plates are used for propulsion and they're used for stability. So finding the right shoe with, the right amount of propulsion stability for you, I think is probably where I would go with the marathon conversation more so than um, non-plated. But I, I do think like we're talking about what somebody wants to get out of a marathon, if they're not going for new PRs and they're not going for um, qualifications of one type or another, and they just want to have a nice run on a well-cushioned shoe that they can get them through, I think there's plenty of options. So what was your favorite, Thomas, what was your favorite um, marathon shoe pre-plates? 
I ran my two fastest marathons in the New Bound Zante and the Saucony Kimbara before uh, plated shoes came. Um, I broke my foot in a pair of uh, Saucony Type A6. So uh, I'd just been training on so little cushion for so long. I got a stress fracture and I kept going and I was about a mile out at Charleston and snap. <laughs> and I finished. <laughs> oh, oh, toughness. What a flex. Ugh. And I finished. <laughs> I passed out at the end. <laughs> oh, my God. Because of the pain or just the general marathon soreness and fatigue? I think the adrenaline got me through. Like when it cracked, I, a, like a bright white light went off in my head. And I, I finished and got across the finish line. And as soon as I put weight on my foot, I fell on the ground and just went out like lights out. Oh my God. All right. Tommy, when you're thinking about, you know, these, these types of shoes that we're discussing today, where do you go on the range from, you know, the, the cushiony type shoe that's going to offer a lot of support, now, offer like a lot of cush and protection underfoot more towards the responsiveness end of the range, right? Where, um, you know, you may be something that's a little bit more snappy, can be maybe a little bit faster. Uh, as you were thinking about this question, where did you kind of fall within that conversation? Well, I mean, I think it's I kind of lean towards to, to figure out what I'm trying to do for that day because um, my whole life is based on like training at this point. So if it's like if I need if I want a shoe that's like for the easy runs and I'm looking for comfort and legs are kind of beat up, then I'm going for more cush, you know, and trying to make sure that I sustain and keep the legs going. Something lighter, though, because I don't really like a heavy daily trainer, but I just want some help, obviously. Um, but then when it's like those days when you have a run where you feel like you could throw some tempos in and you just want to pick it up at the end, then I'm looking for something a little more responsive, a little lighter. So I'm all about like what you want at the moment, you know? Right. And Ben, for you, where does weight come into this conversation um, versus like what is, you know, too much versus where do you find it? Like, all right, this is kind of a range that's uh, maybe an acceptable range. Yeah, I think as I started, I kind of got right into the Vaporfly era when I started racing. So I really was keen on the weight. I think the the Vaporfly almost set the bar too high. It was just so light and so cushioned that it somehow got into my head that unless you are you know, under seven ounces, you're not a good marathon race shoe. Over the past couple of years, I've, I think I've definitely come around on that one, whereas now I really like the the comfort aspect of it much more than the weight. And with some of the other shoes coming on, even the top end marathon racers at eight ounces and above eight ounces, I have I've really opened up my eyes to um, just going after the the comfort and the cushion. And even if that means it's nine ounces or ten ounces, I don't think that would discourage me. Certainly, I don't want to have something that feels you know, like a, a hiking boot on my foot, but I'm not, I'm not afraid, of, afraid of something just because it doesn't weigh 6.9 ounces or 200 grams or whatever the vapor fly weighs these days. So you're not going to wear the, the new balance libero. I Lorado. Lorado. I, have not, I haven't tried that one. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to wear Lorado. It's not even a, it's not a marathon plate at you. That's a, that's, it's it's aimed at being a daily trainer with a plate, but I don't even know that. It was, it's one I of my favorite Believe in the Run video reviews. Is, <laughs> is you guys talking about that one? You obviously like. I don't really know what to say. Like, what is this thing? Ben Ben does like the New Balance um, RC Elite too, which is one of the heavier marathoners. But I agree with him that the trade off for that one, you you do get that. I feel like it's a more versatile shoe for variable paces. 
So Ben actually can rip a really fast marathon. What's your PR right now? 242 or something like that? 238. 238. This was, I'm this sorry. Was, this was <laughs> before he started yeah, running with Elliot Kipchoge. <laughs> Who knows how fast he's going to be now? Don't yeah. short him. That's four minutes. So he can rip it. He can rip it in that. And, um, you know, I also think like it was my choice for uh, a triathlon I was doing because I wasn't sure how fast I'd be running at the end. And I ran in the 830s and was comfortable in that shoe for uh, for that. So it's a, a very versatile shoe. Yeah, somehow I've switched my preference. My top two picks are the Alpha Fly and the RC Elite 2, which they're pretty much the heaviest, heaviest top of the line ones out there. So I, I don't think I'm hung up on weight by any means anymore. I mean, the Alpha, alpha Fly, though, that's, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Thomas is jumping like, hey, hey, don't say anything about the Alpha Fly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go around for the, our, our first round picks for each of you for the non-plated marathon shoe. If you had to pick a non-plated shoe, again, um, we were saying this up so it's not a draft, so people can choose the same shoe. You've already sent me your picks, so I know none of you haven't. So it'll be interesting to see if someone decided to change within the last 24 hours and maybe what that meant. We'll start off with Tommy and then go to Thomas. Well, I want to hear Emily's pick. It's my pick. All right. This is your topic. <laughs> this is my topic. <laughs> yeah, you brought it up on uh, Rambling Runner. And oh, it, yeah. Is- I, I mean, so um, I think for, well, my first time, it, my, it's a little bit boring, I think. It's probably like you guys are going to be like, oh, that's kind of a letdown. But I was going to say just like the Clifton. <laughs> I ran a marathon in the Clifton back in 20, I don't know, 15, but it was a much lighter shoe then, keep in mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if people are going to, are looking for a relatively lightweight trainer that will provide them a ton of cushion. And also while it's not like a stability shoe, it does have a little more stability than those plated options. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good way to go. Um, it was in the running for me to run Chicago, but I went totally rogue and picked a really random shoe. Um, but yeah, so that's my first choice. I'm going with Clifton, Clifton eight, we'll say, but really any Clifton will do. You know, before the super shoes came out, that's all Megan ran her marathon. Oh, it's it's a great shoe. I love it. I love it for all different types of stuff. Although I wish it would be a little bit lighter. I feel like it's becoming increasingly heavier, but. And and you have like a video, like an ode to the Clifton one. Oh yeah, that was my favorite shoe of all time. That's the that's the reason why I have a channel today (laughs) is because of that shoe. That was like what started my shoe obsession. All right, Thomas, who's next? Uh, I say now we can return to Tom. No, no, I can and then, go. Can I? And then, then we go. Get a Kabuzi. Let's do it. <laughs> <Tommy> <laughs> runs. Um, yeah. So like I, I second what Ben was saying though. Cause like when I started running, it was like, I jumped into like the immediate, you know, vapor fly, super, super du- duper light shoe. But I just ran in the relay for the Detroit free press. And it was, I saw this shoe a lot and I didn't ever think about it for a marathon. But then when I started seeing it, I'm like, well, people are out there just trying to be comfortable and get these, you know, these miles in and finish like with with legs still attached to their bodies. Um, and so I'm going with the Nova Blast 2. Um, I know but nobody can see, but you guys can. It's bright and green. But <laughs> That's the colorway I just got in the mail yesterday. I love that thing. So nice. I mean, it's a, uh, we, I saw it for the first time in, I think, in Falmouth. I think you were there too, Thomas. So, like, I had to get this shoe. But I think it's a really great shoe just because, it, I mean, it's got a lot of cush, but it just feels like it's it's an intuitive feel on the on the foot. It feels like it's part of your foot. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's a little heavier, but I just feel like the energy return and all that good stuff. 
um, it just it just keeps you going, keeps you propelled. Because I sometimes I'll do it when I'm going on a on a training run, and I know that I'm gonna put some speed in at the end. Um, it's a just a good versatile all around shoe. So I'd have to go with that if I had to put these on for twenty six point two. Now for the Nova Blast two, because I have seen certain people who love this shoe but don't love it for long runs because of the the because of the cush right? That maybe over a long period of time, it's just too much cush versus more responsiveness. Uh, where do you fall on that scale with, with that shoe versus uh, you have a much firmer shoe as your second choice? I guess that's why I'm asking. Um, I think that if I had to pick between the two, my first and second one, this is my first for a reason. I, I don't mind the cush at all. I mean, because I guess, like I said, I came into running with, you know, high stacks for, you know, the, the plated shoes. So I'm used to that not being able to feel the ground much. I mean, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't, I don't mind, and I don't think I want to feel everything when I'm in a marathon moment anyway. So I'll go with the the cush versus responsiveness. I think. All right, Thomas, how about you? I'm on the spot. I was going to send it to Mike, but we'll go. <laughs> we'll go. I, I have to agree with Tommy. I mean, I'm going to give kind of like three that I, I'd say. Two are more similar than one, and then one is for a different reason. But I I really like the Nova Blast 2 as a shoe. It kind of reminds me of what I loved about the Kimbara as a marathon shoe uh, back in the day. It was lightweight. It was cushioned enough, and it just didn't seem to interfere with your stride. It kind of just went with you. So um, I, I think the Nova Blast 2 is... A shoe that really you can recommend it just about anybody and they're going to have a positive running experience. They're going to feel good running in that shoe. Um, it, you asked, uh, Tommy about long distance stuff. I've done longer runs in it, had no issues with it. My feet feel fine. I think you could go as far as you want in that shoe. All right, Mike, here we go. I think this is absolutely after looking at everyone's choices for the first round, this is like the sleeper of all sleepers. So Mike, let's hear your first round pick. My first round pick would be the Boston 9. Not the 10, but the 9. Because that shoe, it was pretty lightweight. It was loaded the ground, but the boost in there, nice and cushioned. I feel like I could run in that shoe all day long. I can run easy. I can also pick up the pace in it. That's a shoe that I would recommend for a lot of people. I think it's still available to buy new as well. Uh, I don't like the 10 quite as much. It's a direction that I like, but I think the execution's a little bit off. So I would pick for a non-plated shoe, the Boston 9, even though it's got a little bit of a kind of a shank kind of thing in there. Did you have, Mike, have you tried the Adidas Adios 6? Because it seems like while it's not in the Boston lineup, it almost seems like that might be like the next iteration of the Boston 9 as opposed to what the Boston 10 turned out to be. Now, I haven't tried that one yet, and it's on my list of things that I'd like to hurry up and get in before the end of the year because I do – I mean, on paper, it seems like it's like the natural – like the successor shoe to it. Um, and if that's the case, and I think that would be – I mean, it would make sense too from a heritage standpoint because the Adios was like the marathon shoe for such a long time. So I'm, there's no good reason why I haven't tried it yet. I just ha- haven't gotten around to it, but I'm excited for it. Now, what's the stack like in the Boston Nine compared to some of the other shoes that we've talked about so far? Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't remember the numbers offhand. Um, I think it's a little bit lower than a Clifton. Um, probably a lot, lot lower than the Nova Blast as well. I think it's probably around twenty-seven thirty or something like that. Does that sound too low? Mm, 
Yeah, I, I want to say it was like 14 or 16 in the forefoot. So, so then 24 in the back. Yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah. So significantly less than a lot of other shoes. Um, so when you're when you've run longer distances in shoes that have that lower stack, do you feel like you have to change your gait at all, especially later on in the race, because it has maybe less cushioning than some other shoes that you might be working with? I mean, I think it depends a lot on the foam that's underneath there, right? And so, like, um, if the Boost, I think, you know, people said Boost was dead for how many years, and, um, you know, they they moved on to Light Strike, and for the most part, I think that's probably a good idea, but, I mean, it was a pretty cushioned material. It wasn't the lightest weight, but um, you could do a lot with a little with it. I think a lot of times Adidas kind of went crazy and was like, more is better, but I think that in a lot of ways with Boost, less was better. And I think that the Boston 9 is a prime example of it. So I felt good in that shoe, even for very, very long runs. Hey, Mike, um, quick question for you. Do you think that with, like, I look at that shoe and I, I say, okay, a really efficient runner runs well in, in the Boston 9. Um, and I also think weight plays into it. So depending on how heavy the runner is, the cushioning in, in the lower stack, lower uh, shoes, plays into it like i think that even when i was running in the you know the like the a6 type type six uh or Saucony a6 type <laughs> i'm getting it all uh thing like uh, the weight plays into that if you're a lighter runner you can get away with the less cushion do you think that's the case in that shoe yeah i i could see that being the case uh for a lot of people in that like so taller runners i like yourself i think might have um a different experience with that shoe than I would. Um, so yeah, I think that it can. A lot of times when I look at shoes, like if I compare like a daily trainer versus like a kind of like a kind of a max cushion shoe, you know, I'll say like, all right, if you're taller than me or heavier than me, then, you know, you probably prefer the one that has a little bit more cushion to it because then like everything kind of like matches out towards the same in terms of like, um, you know, how much am I compressing the foam? How much is the foam pushing back on me as I pick up my feet? Yeah. And Mike, you're not that, you're not that, I don't even think you're that much shorter than I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just seem like so much larger than life. I just, I'm like, large. I'm large. <laughs> no, it, in my mind, I feel like you're like four inches taller than me. You're not, you're not like six foot two or something like that? Nah, it's because he's standing I, next to Robbie all the time. <laughs> that's the, it's an optical illusion oh man poor, poor robbie <laughs> I, I say this as a as a as a short man i i, I know this i know how robbie feels because i am that i am that guy it's because thomas normally wears either alphas or dad shoes so it's like he's got a <laughs> stack under there well Th thomas has also run 13 miles in the puma liberate which i ran six miles in yesterday and i think i got plantar fasciitis after the run oh my god <laughs> now, that also would be a good shoe and i, I think that um you know, a similar stack height as the Adidas Boston 9. All right. Round two. We're going to keep the same schedule in terms of who's going to be picking when. So, oh, Emily. Ben, wait, did Ben go? I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get a round one. Ben didn't, ben ben didn't, ben didn't go. Ben, I'm so sorry. I got skipped. <laughs> ben, finish this out. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with the, the New Balance More V3. So I think that kind of follows the same lines, just the same thought process as the Clifton. So with these choices, if I'm going to be running a marathon and don't want a carbon plate, I think the part that I still want to keep is the cushioning. And that's where I went with my choices. I want a cushioned shoe. I like to be able to walk or run the next day after a marathon. So that's where I would definitely go. And the reason I went 
with the more v3 instead of like an actual clifton is because the new balance just fit my feet a lot better i think hoka pretty much got it right ahead of the game with the rocker and the and all the cushion but for me the the width of the shoe and kind of that bucket seat style that they have up in the forefoot it just doesn't really work for me but the the more I think it does everything right that Hoka does, but then it just takes it and it fits my foot a lot better and it feels feels great at uh, at any pace. And I'd say even despite it's it's a 10-ounce shoe or over 10-ounce shoe, I think it would still be something that I could take at a pretty decent pace just because of that, that midsole shape. And you're not the only one that had the more V3 on their list. So, but before we get to that, Ben, as someone who loves New Balance and has a wide array of New Balance shoes, why did you end up choosing, say, the Moore V3 over the 1080? That's a good question. I think I was I was going through my thought process on just the most amount of cushion or getting as close to kind of that super shoe type cushioning level. I'd say I'm kind of like Tommy. I don't necessarily care if I feel the road. That's not my goal is to decide how many pebbles there were on the road that day. I'd much rather be able to finish the marathon and then go for a run the next day. Um, and that's where all my, all my picks or all my thought process went towards the, the cushioning side of things. Gotcha. All right. So ma- maximizing the cushioning weight be damned. Yeah. With the, with the more V3. Did you like the more V2? Did you try the more V2? I did not try it actually. Thomas is saying that it was it was bad, so I don't think I missed out. <laughs> did anyone did anyone ever buy the more V two? I never I've never seen it actually out in the wild. I don't know if I want to be on record for this one. <laughs> <laughs> New Balance is listening, so you don't want to say anything. <laughs> I, I will tell you this: the more V three was an excellent excellent update. They worked out the kinks, and I think they got the fresh foam right. And I think that one of the reasons that Ben is, and I'll ask you, Ben, like um. If you tried the Hoka cushioning versus the uh, fresh foam in in the uh, more V three, which which did you prefer? I like I like the fresh foam. I'd say that's the other thing that Hoka. It it seems like they're almost behind a, a step on the EVA cushion. I know they've kind of stuck with EVA for a long time. It just doesn't feel quite quite as bouncy or responsive as some of the other options, even if they are. EVA. I know they do, you know, they last a long time and they're pretty light, but uh, I think some of that um, bounce and feel in terms of getting the speed up is not always there on the, on the Hoka models. What, and what's your take as someone who loves New Balance, the, the differences, the positive negatives of going with the fresh foam versus the fuel cell? Yeah, I think the fuel cell for me works a lot better on the shoes that are purely meant to go fast. And that's the only thing that you really want to go um, and that's, is that, you know, faster speed, lighter weight, that is, th- that's where my mind would go when I think of the fuel cell. And I, one of the things that I do struggle a little bit with fuel cell is that it seems like there's, you know, so many different tweaks they do with that, that compound. And that is that it can feel a little bit different on each one of the, the shoes. So that's hard and it's hard to know until you get it on your feet, exactly what it's going to feel like. Definitely on there their autoclaved fuel cell that they're calling it on like the, the rebel and the RC elite. I love that. And that feel is great. And I, I hope they can c- continue to use that compared to the fresh foam, even on, even on like the 1080 or the more, I think that's more just a, a cruising shoe for me. It, it feels like that's, uh, that's the, the direction I would take those. That's a great point. And I think Emily and I talked about this last December on a podcast that I feel like Skechers 
with the hyperburst and Nova Blast with the fuel cell should put like an exponent after like hyperburst, like exponent one, two, three, four. Same thing with fuel cell. Like which one are we getting in this shoe? Because they can vary wildly, even though it goes under the same umbrella. I would think of it though, like if you think about it, like Nike does a pretty good job of branding their phone. So you have a React phone and that's in your daily trainers and your your regular, you know, daily shoes. And then you kick into the performance range and you're going Zoom X. And even though the Infinity or the Invincible had the Zoom X, that's a totally different feeling shoe than than the Vaporfly. It's true. But I mean, New Balance is clearly going performance as fuel cell. Like when it's time to race and time to perform, the shoe gets fuel cell. For sure. All right. Emily, round two, right? Am I? Yes. <laughs> I'm losing track sometimes with the six-person pod. I think we're on to round two. All right, Emily, what you got? All right. Um, I want to preface this by saying I'm not sponsored by Hoka and I'm not exactly <laughs> a fangirl, <laughs> but this is going to sound like I'm sponsored by Hoka. My second pick was the Mach 4. Um, and I picked that next to the Clifton because I think if you're looking for like a little bit more response, I mean, a little more bounce, it's not exactly like the bounciest thing you're going to feel, but if you're looking for a little more like road feel, maybe just a little more pep in your step, I think that's a good option. Um, The reason why I didn't pick it over the Clifton is because in my experience, I feel like the mock feels a little less um, rockered, feels kind of flat to me at times. Um, so that's just something that I've noticed, but I think that's a pretty comfortable shoe and it's going to carry you through a marathon distance with no problem. And maybe just at like a slightly more energetic feel than the Clifton would. And I feel like a lot of our conversations are focusing on the midsole of these shoes with the Mach 4. That might be the most comfortable shoe I've put on in years. I just, it just feels so nice on foot. Yeah. It has a very comfortable upper also for sure. Very soft. Yeah, absolutely. Did you find the rubberized outsole? Because so people who don't know the shoe, there's kind of two different midsole compounds here. You got the profile, then you have the rubberized EVA on the bottom, which also is not merely an outsole, also provides cushioning. I found that it really kind of loosened up after 50 miles or so. Have you had that experience? Yeah, I think it definitely loosened up. And I think that the rubberized outsole really helps that shoe feel as good as it does. I don't think it would quite hit the same if it didn't have that because I think that gives it like a little bit more of a firmness to it and a tad bit more like spring back. Um, So I think all the mixture of different components in that foam, in that midsole really do help to make that shoe feel as good as it does. All right. Who's up next? Now I'm losing track. Is it Tommy or is it Thomas? I think it's Tommy now. I think, I think it's me. Thanks me. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to go with, for my second pick, I'm going to go with the Skechers Razor Access. Um, it's such a, it's a huge difference from my, than my first pick, but I, I liked how, because it was a good transition for me from like wanting to have like a really light shoe all the time to uh, some cushion for, with, you know, with not a, with a, not being a super shoe. But the cool thing for, I think for me was that the foam under, I think it's like the hyper, hyper burst foam, um, is pretty bouncy for me and lightweight. But at the same time, like I kind of regretting it now because, like you know, Ben said, you don't want to be counting all the pe- pebbles on the road. Somehow, <laughs> like even though this stack is there, if you step on a rock, you I mean you're gonna feel it. So it, but I just feel like it's a light, fast shoe, but it does protect the legs a bit. Um, 
but I think it's a good it's a good in between shoe. Like if you want some good speed in there with light, but have some some comfort. I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't think I'd pull them out right now for a 26.2 because I, I like my legs. Um, <laughs> but I think that that would be a decent pick. Did anyone else really like that shoe? That was actually going to be my uh, third like wild card pick, but then I picked a different shoe, maybe by the same brand. You'll have to see, but. It was it was on the list. <laughs> she didn't she didn't go back to Hoka. I was, I was, <laughs> no, no, my God, I would sound like a crazy fangirl. Hoka no, Mafate, pick three. No, um, <laughs> hey, if it works, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're really anti pebbles on the road, then you take out the trilogy. All right, um, Thomas, what do you have for the second choice? I'm going to go with the Rebel V2 from New Balance. All right, so give give us a reason why and why you think that for you there's enough protection in that shoe. I know it is super duper duper soft. It is a little soft, but it's so light. The upper just felt so good. When you put it on your feet, you look down, you go, I feel fast today. It looks fast. It feels fast. Um, the only complaint I'd have that you're probably going to feel towards the end of the, the marathon is under the pad of your foot towards the toes. It is going to start to give you a little road feel. Um, so you gotta, you're going to want to finish faster <laughs> than, yeah. than, uh, you know, you might otherwise just to get, get off your feet, but it's, it's just a super, um, great feeling shoe on your feet and that feels fast. It kind of reminds me of a, um, an older style speed shoe, but with the modern cushioning. Now, is that a shoe that you think could be worn for longer miles by a heel striker? Or is that more of like a midfoot striker, forefoot striker feel? I think it's just going to depend on the person. Like I did long runs in it and I felt fine. And I'm a forefoot striker. I did notice like, would I prefer to have a little more cushioning under the forefoot? Yeah, I definitely would. But then you start changing up the shoe and the purpose of the shoe. And then next thing you know, it is a 1080. So Right. No, good point. All right, Mike, what you got? All right, some, so I'm going to go with something else than what I sent you, Matt, because some of the shoes that I would have picked already got picked. <laughs> so to name a shoe that I would wear for a marathon that's not plated, that hasn't been mentioned so far, I would go with the Triumph 19. Whoa. Whoa. All right, tell me more. I mean, it's a heavier shoe, but it, I think that it's got enough cushion underfoot to take you for the marathon distance. But I do think even though it's heavy, it's bouncy enough that I still feel like I'm not like carrying around a lot of weight. So I feel like if I wanted to feel real comfortable and uh, wanted something that could take the pounding, then I think the Triumph would be the way to go. That's interesting. Can I, can I ask a question on that one? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that one to me is as heavy as a boost, a Adidas boost. Mm -hmm. Would you, what would you necessarily say that you prefer the Triumph over the boost? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because okay. the way that it's shaped. So I feel like with Ultra Boost and what Adidas has been doing with Ultra Boost for the last three years has baffled me. It doesn't make any sense. They keep putting more boost than ever. Every year, it's more X percent more boost than last year. <laughs> but only in the heel. But only in the back where I'm a midfoot striker. So like I don't care how much boost you put in the back. I need more in the in the forefoot. And I feel like the Triumph 19 is uh, got it where I need it. You know, and so that one helps me keep rolling. And if I'm trying to hit like a set it and forget it pace, I feel like the Triumph 19 can get me there. How did it fit for you? I haven't tried the 19. I did try on the 18 and I owned the 17. For, the, for me, the 18, I just couldn't dial in the fit very well. Um, how has that worked for you? 
for for me the fit on the Triumph 19 I don't love it. It's it's like super cushioned everything like the uppers puffy, the tongue's puffy, the heel cups puffy, the laces are puffy. Like everything's puffy. So I don't love that for a shoe that I'm trying to do a workout in, but I get, you know, where they're trying to go with the shoe is it's supposed to be a comfortable shoe. So like it it fits me well. Um the 17 I think may have been peak triumph, but the 19 I I like more than I like the 18. I don't even know what they changed to it, but it just I'm getting along with the 19 a little bit better. I don't think the 17 had the the P-Vax based um foam, the power sure run plus. Mm, no. No, it, it that that was the curvy one. And then 18 and 19 it got a little bit more angular. Okay. So I think it was all the same foam. The 17 was the first year it went to that new foam, I think. I didn't try it before this. I could be wrong, but whichever one was that first one. It did ha- it did have that foam. It was just super duper hot. And it was, especially in the forefoot, the 17, it was like super wide. Yeah. At least for me it was. I have a narrow foot, but at least, at least for me it was. Um, all right, Ben, what you got? All right, my second pick. I'm going to kind of go again with a, a puffy and heavy and uh, cushy shoe. I went with the Nike Invincible. And I know that one is kind of a love it or hate it shoe. Some people just do not oh, get along man. with it. But, Some people are but nodding me, to this. Other people are vehemently <laughs> shaking their heads. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. I knew this would be a controversial one. Some people just hate it. I, I do think it it takes one of the one of the really important aspects that makes the Vaporfly and the Nike shoes so successful and that's the zoom x foam uh, it takes the plate out and keeps a lot of that bounce and cushion that you do get just from that midsole it i think the downside there kind of like thomas had mentioned is that the plate's not just for propulsion but it's also for stability and when you get a really thick really soft foam like the invincible it does end up feeling feeling pretty unstable i think it, it just simply doesn't work for some people just because of how you know soft and wobbly it feels all right emily you want to hop in yeah i was just gonna say i love that shoe so much but it just doesn't love me back it's not <laughs> it's it's an it's just not gonna work for me because i definitely have a tendency for my foot to just completely cave inward and in that shoe like my pf is just off the charts. So unfortunately, I'd love to wear it for a marathon. I probably would have honestly worn it for a marathon, but I think my feet would be broken by the end. So I decided not to do that. <laughs> I tried so hard to uh, like that shoe. I mean, Ugh. when I the Infinity runs, when they first came out, like the first two runs, I didn't like them at all. And then all of a sudden, one day, I just fell in love. And so like for the, for the uh, Invincibles, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this about four or five and I just couldn't do it. It's just such a big shoe for me. I don't know. Um, I tried my best, though, guys. I really did. <laughs> ben, did you feel like you could run in your normal stride in that shoe? Because that's something for me that became really hard. Like, I feel like I had to fit I had to fit the way I ran into the shoe's mold as opposed to, like, the shoe accommodating what I'm doing. I do think it it'll work better for different foot strikes and different strides and different people. The thing that I have found is that if I'm running slowly or more easily, it can feel a little bit awkward. But what I really like about that shoe is the kind of the toe off and that rocker shape. If I start going a little bit faster, it feels just enormously better to me. And I think then I get past a lot of those instability issues because I'm landing more on the, on the forefoot. And even to me, when I, when I try to run 
you know, at a marathon pace or faster, it's, it's definitely a heavy shoe, but once I'm up on the front of the shoe like that, it, it really does start to feel a little bit like a vapor fly for me, just in that toe section, that last couple inches of the shoe, it really starts to feel like it can, it can turn over more, more quickly and has that good bounce from the foam. That's interesting. And I, and I, I can't help but wonder as someone who, I think you're the fastest person on this podcast. When I think about like when you're up on your heels, maybe you're running at a pace that accommodates the shoe in a way that like I can't hit. So I'm not able to get into that zone. Well, maybe, maybe you should try that. <laughs> That's it. That's what I was missing. I just didn't try it. Yeah. I'm going to try, Tom, I'm gonna try this Tom, weekend. Tommy, Tom, Tommy's fast too there. <laughs> you got to give him a shout out. Um, but wait, I think the problem, the problem with that shoe is for me is to make it more stable, they broadened it out. It's really wide and that's why it's so heavy. And then the other thing they did to stabilize it was put a large amount of rubber on the bottom. So you've got rubber casing it in together. It's kind of rockered both ways from heel to toe and then also lateral to medial. So that's where I think the instability comes in. So if you're not running really efficiently, if you do have any kind of, you know, pronation one way or the other, that shoe penalizes you for it. So I've seen Ben run. He is a beautiful runner. He's got a great stride. It's very efficient. Best calves in the business. It, like it's, <laughs> made, I don't know. I, I again, I think <laughs> you're jumping to conclusion here. I got to start greasing my my calves up and taking pictures of them. You're gonna like them. Um, <laughs> but but I think that like uh, it really that shoe rewards a lot of what Ben brings to the table. All right. Mike, I'm going to go back to you because you changed your choice because you didn't want to be repetitive. So if you want to, we'll just throw it back to like your wild card. If anyone has any strong feelings about their wild card, I know Emily's going to have to roll in a second, Ben as well. So you guys can hop in maybe after Mike. Um, a wild card that you felt good about for you, you didn't, I don't know if you sent me yours, but you actually had a, se- a different second round choice. So what, what was the thing that you were thinking about? I was thinking about the Nova Blast. So that, that would have been my other choice for, for a marathon just because that shoe, I don't think it's too cushioned. I think I could run in that one all day. Um, and, you know, the more I think about it, I don't know if I prefer the first one or the second one anymore because the first one was squishier. And I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know, long run. I don't mind it being very squishy. Um, so, like, bo- I mean, both of them are great. And so that's one I, I would easily take for a marathon. And I feel like the Nova Blast one was two different shoes, like first 50 miles and then after the first 50 miles. Like once I hit the first 50 mile mark, it like it started to deaden out a little bit. And then it was like for me that that's when it completely changed. And I really fell in love with it. Yeah, it took me the first time I ran and I'm like, oh, this might be too squishy. I like I, I think I got what I asked for, like a super squishy shoe, make it as soft as possible. And we'll see what happens. And I was like, I don't know. And it took a couple of runs. Guys are making me want to try it again. (laughs) I know, same. (laughs) Because I did not like it, the original one. I Mm -hmm. like the second one quite a bit. Yeah. I think think the first Nova Blast Tokyo red color is like my favorite looking shoe of all time. But then the but the but the green Nova Blast that Tommy was holding up though that that might that might come in second though. Uh, All right, Emily, are you going Hoka for round three, or are you are you changing it up? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I'm not. To prove that I'm not sponsored by Hoka, I have decided to switch it up. Actually, honestly, though, um, I didn't have an- another Hoka shoe, but I did start just running in the Skechers Max Rove 5. And I think that's a pretty good option because I'm... Oh, oh, shoot, you're right. Oh, well, can we <laughs> but, can we count it? But 
I'm gonna. I, I think we should let it slide because it is a fantastic shoe. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I totally forgot about the age plate in the forefoot. You know, the reason why I forgot about it is because I had no idea about any of the specs of the shoe before I started running in it. So I was like, wow, this is like really snappy and feels great underfoot. And then when I like actually researched, I was like, oh, it has it has an H plate. Fine. Okay, yeah. So it is plated. But that being said, it feels really max cushioned. And for a daily trainer, which I think is what they're trying to achieve there, it's really, really lightweight. So I feel like that shoe would not weigh your foot down, you know, in the later miles of a marathon and you'd still get that like nice bounce from the hyperburst. And what kind of hyperburst is that one? Is that more of like the Razor XS kind? Is it more like the Razor Plus kind or like the Go Run Ride 8 or which which hyperburst (laughs) are we talking about? I feel like... A lot of hyperburst feels different for me, and it's probably just because of the amount that's in there. Uh, but I would say I feel like it's a little softer than like the excess feels. Um, maybe more towards like a razor three ish, but like a lot more of it. Maybe perhaps I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Those of you who have tried it. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. And actually, Robbie on our team is going to lobby for that to be pretty high ranked in our, in our shoes, but I am kind of like, Hey, it's got a plate. (laughs) I know. I know. I forgot. Whoops. But, but I totally agree with you. It's a fantastic shoe. As far as the hyperburst, I think the thing that you're feeling in the difference in the hyperburst is different stacks and durometers that they're doing with it. So they've been able to tweak the durometer, which they weren't able to do when they first started playing with the nitrogen uh, infused foams. Right. And so it's, it's a, it's a softer, thicker slab of the stuff and it feels great underfoot if it had a nike swoosh on the side or Mm -hmm. adidas stripes on it it would probably be everybody's favorite shoe and you'd be hearing people talk about it if it had adidas stripes on it i think mike would be on here bashing it (laughs) (laughs) it's not the best looking shoe i'll be honest my colorway is like a little bit of like a grandpa vibe no disrespect to grandpas but like I just, <laughs> it's just not my favorite looking, but it is a really nice feeling shoe. Hey, yo, I'm going to diss all the grandpas today. Yeah, you better. He's with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben, Ben, before you get going, did you have a third choice? I know you were thinking about it. Yeah, I did. I didn't send you one, but I would have definitely picked the the Rebel V2. And I know Thomas already, already picked that one. Um, but I, like you said, I love new balance i love the way they fit i absolutely love that fuel cell foam that they have in that shoe and the rc elite too and for me i i definitely think i could run a full marathon in in the in the rebel too i've run probably up to 19 miles in it for some of my long runs and felt felt fine afterwards i do think i would agree it does start to feel like it's a little thin and i I would. I wish they would make a little bit a uh, thicker version without a plate. I think that would be a great training companion. It could also be used for a marathon. But even as it sits right now, for me, it it feels great, and I think it could do do the job. I could. I kind of compare it to the fourteen hundred, which is another shoe from New Balance that I really liked. But that one, I I got right when I started running as kind of a race shoe before I got a Vaporfly and. Once that once I went to the Vaporfly, I just couldn't go back. And even now, I put it on and it feels so thin and so firm. And I can put on the I can put on the Rebel, and in comparison to the the fourteen hundred, it feels softer and more cushioned than that. And I know you know tons of people have run marathons in the fourteen hundred, so I'm pretty confident I could make it through in the in the Rebel. You also put on like a, a lot of miles in on the Rebel uh, V two, 
Like, uh, uh, didn't you hit 500 miles in on one of them or something? I was over 400. I don't think I quite hit 500, but that, yeah, my first pair, I put a ton, a ton of miles on. And I think I was really impressed with how it, uh, how it held up and how it still felt after that many miles. I know after this, I'm going straight to New Balance Whips. I don't have any New Balance shoes at all. Like, I'm <laughs> going don't? straight to the website. No. I'm it's shocked. Weird. It's weird. I don't know what it is. When we're out at the running event, I'll introduce you to a couple of people. All right, cool. I appreciate that because... What time are you yeah, going? I guess I'll see you up. there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you were going. It's going to be a party. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's tell the people what the running event is. It's an industry show that is... It, originally, it was just there to help retail or help manufacturers sell into local retail and retailer stuff. It's kind of morphed a little bit in last year's. The first year I went to it, uh, like people are like, why are you here? <laughs> I'm like, I want to see the new shoes. And, stuff. and uh, n- now you go and we'll see people like Kafuzi. You'll see people like Tommy runs. You'll see he, Ben. I tried to talk Ben and, and uh, Emily into coming, but, but <laughs> I would if I didn't ben, have to work. <laughs> Yeah, and Ben's got a marathon the next day or something. So, gotcha. I think two years ago the running event was when when I first saw people talking about the Nova Blast. I remember you guys talking about it. I think Thomas, you guys were like, "We're still not sure if this is a running shoe, but it's cool." Well, no, they t- we we said this is a running shoe. Asics told us it wasn't a running shoe. They're like, "Don't worry about it. that's not that's not a running shoe." Come over here and take a look at these. And we're like, "Let's let's go talk about that some more." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Two more, a couple more. Tommy, who, what was your third pick? Okay, so third pick was is the uh, Asics uh, Nusa Tri um, 13. Uh, I like the shoe a lot. I just feel like it's a compact shoe, but for some, when I first put the shoe on, I'm like standing there, it just seemed like a firm shoe. But as soon as you start running, and maybe it's because like wh- the way I run, particularly maybe, like it just starts to propel you forward. It feels like a fast shoe, but at the same time, it has a lot of. Um, a lot of support. I mean, I would, it's not Max Kush at all, but it just feels like a responsive yet like padded, firm, fast shoe. It's kind of a weird mix. And I've done, you know, 16 milers in it easy. And some, some of them have been turned into workouts too a little bit. And it's just a great shoe. I really, um, should have thought this and maybe that probably would have been my second one. Uh, and then maybe the Skechers as a, as a wild card, but the Noosa Try is an amazing shoe. And I like my colorway a lot too, by the way. And what's the difference between the Noosa Tri and the Evo Ride 2? No idea. <laughs> it's it's the tongue. The tongue is the only it's the, it's, 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 it's the tongue. I mean, it's really a minor minor change between the two. Uh, it's it's mostly uh, a little bit of cosmetic stuff, but it's really, if you look at it, it's, it's the tongue. Tommy, bonus question. Which Noosa Tri colorway is your favorite? Because there are some wild choices. I'm gonna go with mine. Uh, it's the it's like a, a random color. I found it's like black, white, gray, and got some gold accents to it. And I found it in like this random store in Toledo, Ohio. No shade to Toledo, Ohio, but it's Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> so it's like I didn't expect to see it there. I grabbed it off the wall and I wore it out in Boston in at Asics of Corporate. And they're like they hadn't really they they hadn't seen the the colorway before, which was really cool for me. And um, it's, I guess it's pretty rare. I don't know where, what the heck happened. And maybe I got a fake one. I don't know. <laughs> no, but, it's not fake. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love it. It's a black, it's not too crazy, but it's, it's a, it's a slick shoe. There you go. All right, Thomas, how about you? You got a couple, you had a couple wild cards. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the more three, which I would throw up there for our cushion, maybe 
runners going at, at who are really going to be out there for a while. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the Rincon three to just to make Emily happy because it's a Hoka. Thank um, you so much. I appreciate that. The Rincon three, we did a, an event with Believe in the Run, uh, the grit event. And actually, uh, Ben and I get to run with Ben and Mike during that. And so I was wearing that shoe to kind of test it out and it's a high mileage thing. So I, I just wanted to see how it would feel over the miles and really put in some work on the shoe and it's lightweight. It felt great in the past. We've had a problem with durability, but I don't know what they did. Maybe they messed around with the foam a little bit, but I think maybe put a little more rubber on the bottom. It didn't die out as fast as it did in the past. And I just think it's a great fitting, fun looking uh, shoe to go, go uh, long in. This has been so much fun. I love talking shoes with each one of you individually as a group, even more so. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute blast for me. So thank you. Thank you again for doing this. I, I got a question. Tommy, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the, uh, I got a question. It's, it's for anybody that, that's run in. Uh, the 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 Nova Blast Two and also the the Metaspeed Scott. I mean, I know this is not about playing shoes, but have you ever been running in the Metaspeed Sky and wished that it felt a little more like the Nova Blast in the with the bounce? Are you saying would I like a little softer cushion, maybe, and a little less fur? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's the same foam. That's why I was just like, it's the, actually not the same foam. It's not. No, it's oh. a, it's a polyester based foam in the Metaspeed Sky. And it's EVA in the um, in the Nova Blast. These names of these foams are confusing. Well, Flight Foam Blast, yeah, Flight Foam Turbo. That's where it does get confusing. Oh, the turbo because, part. Okay, okay. Yeah, it gets um, when they start doing. It's still Flight Foam. Yeah, but yeah. it's not. You know. Yeah. But yeah. So, but what I liked, I think that people really wanted to see a plated Nova Blast. I still want that. That would be, be incredible. Cool. That would be, be incredible. really cool. There you go. All right. Well, this time I mean it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> we are going to finish up here. Maybe we can do this again sometime. This has been so much fun. Thanks again for doing this. Thank Hi you. Guys. This is awesome. Bye, guys. Oh, my gosh. This was so much fun. So much fun. Thank you so much to Emily, Mike, Tommy, Thomas, and Ben. This was just a dream come true for me. Right? I love these people so much, and it's just been you know, this was almost like scratch my own itch kind of podcast. Hopefully you got something out of it as well. It was like just an honor to get all these people on the same show. Um, man, I cannot wait to do this again. If there's a certain topic that you want us to cover the next time we do an episode like this, please let me know. You can go on Instagram and find me at rambling underscore runner. You also can shoot me an email at ramblingrunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Last but not least, I have started my own YouTube channel for shoe reviews. Recently just got started. Not a ton of videos on there yet, but I'm going to be doing a lot of work over the next month or so to put out some really good content that I'm really, really excited about. So thank you so much for listening. Happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. 
enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days Just representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change I'm trying to show this industry I got